Hello, and welcome to Poppy Approved Movies. My name is Poppy. And I'm Natalie. In our podcast, we'll review and critique my favorite PG-13 movies. Movies that I wasn't allowed to watch until I turned 13. Every other week, Natalie and I will watch a new PG-13 movie. And I'll see if Poppy's movies live up to the hype. Which, of course, they will. Today, we're going to be watching Austin Powers, International Man of Mystery. (laughs) Before we begin, there will be spoilers. So you haven't seen the movie and don't want it to be spoiled. Press pause and come back when you're finished. Now, Poppy, tell me the deets on this movie. Okay. Awesome Powers came out in 1997 with a runtime of 1 hour and 29 minutes. Very short movie. Mm. It's streaming on Netflix. It was written by Mike Myers and directed by Jay Roach. Isn't Michael Myers the guy that did the horror movie? Michael Myers is the character from the Halloween movies. Yes. But Mike Myers is the name of this guy. And funny enough, he uses the mask of William Shatner, who played Captain Kirk in the original 1966 TV show, Star Trek, which we did last week. Well, we didn't do the show, but we did the movie. Anyways, Mike Myers, Elizabeth Hurley, and Michael York are the actors. Mike Myers is the character, the main character. He's the one who wrote the story. Austin Powers spawned two sequels. It's a parody of James Bond movies from back in the day. I heard that after Austin Powers, the Bond franchise got more serious and a little bit more gritty. To avoid comparisons. So what do you think? So what do you think, Matt? It's so bad that even James Bond movies are like, we need to set a serious tone just so we don't get it compared to this stupid piece of trash. Wow. Tell me how you really feel about it. Natalie, the eternal question. How many stars did you give it? Um, so it's really, really bad. Give it to me. Uh, 1.5 stars. Or one and a half stars. One and a half? Yeah. That's pretty good. <laughs> As I was watching the movie, I... It was giving Anchorman, but it was giving worse than oh, Anchorman. Oh, gosh, no. It's one million times worse than Anchorman. So, Mom and I were watching this TV show, and there was a, uh, an episode about this guy who's just doing a bunch of Austin Powers imitations. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was so funny, and it reminded me how funny Austin Powers was. And when we watched the movie, I was I was so bored and disappointed at how dumb the movie was. I just thought it was funny. I remember when I first watched it, I thought it was all right. And then it became like a popular culture thing and everybody loved it. And I was so disappointed. I only gave one stars instead of half. Well, actually, I gave an extra half stars instead of just leaving on one stars because it kind of reminded me. Of I think it's Nickelodeon. Uh-huh. It was a movie on Nickelodeon called Rufus. Completely different plotline, but something about it, like the evil guy in like a cat, kind of reminded me of this movie Rufus, right. which it's completely different. It's like a boy that turns into a dog, and like there's some crazy stuff that goes on. I love that movie, but that's why you got half stars. There's some nostalgia, half extra stars. I was bored because it reminded me of Rufus. Uh, as I was, and then when I did this recap, I tried to make it longer because I figured this podcast was gonna be short. And, uh, yeah, I was really bored watching it. I was kind of like, this is the first time I think that I put a movie on for you guys and felt like I let you guys down. The other ones you might have not liked, but I still thought they were good. You didn't like Star Trek very much, but I thought it was really good. You don't like Anchorman. Anchorman's one of our top ten podcasts. So, you know, a lot of people Let's just say if Austin Powers hasn't been canceled yet, I'm canceling it today. (laughs) Right. Well, we'll hear about it when the stuff that can't be made today. And then Sophie went to the bathroom, never came back. She didn't finish the movie. Mom turned on her iPad and started playing games. Like, 
I felt really bad for making you watch this movie. It was a short movie, but I felt like it went on for ages. Well, it seemed like it was like a TV show, like episodic. Yeah, because there was like um, episode yeah, bumpers. break sounds. Yeah, and yeah. bumpers. And so they had those, but at the same time it was like, okay, this was a little quick skit. And this was a little quick skit. And that guy, Mike Myers, he's from uh, Saturday Night Live. Mm-hmm. I think it was kind of like that. And so I, I, I was bored. I didn't enjoy it. I didn't like it watching it again. I thought it was dumb. There were some funny parts, but overall they were pretty bad. I liked one character. The kid. Scott. Yeah, Scott. I thought he was funny. <laughs> it was like the only sane one in the world. And so there's more. Obviously, there's three of them. Beyonce is in one of them. And uh, and then he also plays a character where he goes, get in my belly. That's him. So this is the Austin Power. It's another character that the guy plays uh-huh. that's in this series, but... Which is funny, but I bet you if I watched that movie now, I'd be like, oh, that's good after all. Anyways, I got I got enamored by this TV show that we watched and they were laughing about it. So I wanted to watch it again and I felt I disappointed the whole family. So And uh, you did. So. Yeah, my apologies. And watch this be like the <laughs> highest rated podcast because everybody loves Austin Powers. I don't know. Why don't we get into the recap? Okay. The movie begins in 1967 with a meeting of Dr. Evil and his henchmen. He kills them all except Mustafa and Frau Farb. They have all failed to kill his nemesis, Austin Powers. You do know that Dr. Evil is the same character, right? As Austin Powers? Yeah. Really? He's the same actor. You didn't notice? He's bald. <laughs> that, so hair is everything to you. If someone doesn't have hair, you're like, if I cut my hair off, you're going to be like, excuse me, sir, do you know where my father is? Is that what you're going to say? Yes. <laughs> it's the same guy. Mike Myers plays, but he plays like five roles in the whole series. And this TV show, he plays Austin Powers in he? Plays Dr. Evil. That's news to me. <laughs> we meet Dr. Aust- Evil was the one character that reminded me of Rufus. All right. We meet Austin Powers. He's a groovy spy who's loved by all the ladies. He's picked up by Mrs. Kensington, his partner, and taken to meet Basil Exposition, the head of the English intelligence. Austin Powers is told about a club where Dr. Evil will be that night. At the club, Austin is immediately attacked by Dr. Evil's henchmen. He does judo chops on everyone and chases after Dr. Evil. Unfortunately, Dr. Evil escapes into a cryogenic freezing chamber and flies off into space. He disappears with no trace. Not again. What do you mean? I know. I just said that because I feel like it, this is like the fifth time it's happened. Well, it's the first time. But it'll happen again later at the end. Spoilers. All right. 30 years later, Dr. Evil comes back into the atmosphere and British intelligence finds out. They go to their own cryogenic facility and find Austin Powers. He's been frozen, just in case Dr. Evil would return. What would they do if he never returned? Just leave him there until the world needed saving from the infamous Austin They go through the long process of unfreezing Austin. After he's defrosted, he's debriefed on the mission and meets Vanessa Kingsington, daughter of his old partner. She'll be his liaison and help him get up to speed on how things work in the 90s. Outside of Las Vegas, Dr. Evil meets up with his henchman. Number two has been in charge of the Dr. Evil Empire and has turned it into a profitable and legitimate company called VirtualCon. Dr. Evil doesn't care about the... I can't believe you didn't know Dr. Evil was Mike Mike. Like, you couldn't even see it. He's the same dude. He talks like this. Yeah. Dr. Evil's a... Evil. Dr. Evil doesn't care about that, and he wants to start his villainy right away. His plan is to steal a nuclear warhead and hold the world ransom for one mil- I mean, one hundred billion dollars. Dr. Evil also finds out that he has a son named Scott who hates him. 
He asked for a million dollars, which was a funny joke. One million. How many times have you heard us say that? I don't know. I just thought that was a you thing. No, it's a universe thing. Pay attention. No one, no one says that. Walk outside. People say it all the time. No. Yeah. I say that because I hear you say that. If you step into a mall, you hear it six times. Just (laughs) by the end of the day. Yeah. By the time you get to the back of Coles, you'll hear it three times. Austin oh, maybe pa- Coles, because Coles is filled with old people like you. Austin Powers. Wow, Coles, just kidding. Uh, sponsor us. The, <laughs> we're not turning down any money. Austin Powers and Vanessa take a private jet to Las Vegas to meet up with number two. He makes his move, and she turns him down. But she does find him a little charming. She kind of smiles at his antics. They arrive at a casino undercover and meet number two at a blackjack table. He is there with his secretary, Alada. I will not say her last name. Because this is a family podcast. Number two goes into the bathroom and Austin follows him. There he's assaulted by an assassin. He makes quick work of him. Drowns him in the toilet. I know. I was like, like he drowns him and he's drowning them. And I'm like waiting for a judo chop or something. And then he just dies. And I'm like, whoa. He kills a guy. He's an assassin. What are you going to do? Just... I was like, this, this took a dark turn. No, you thought it was too violent? I, thought, I was like, whoa. Dr. Evil ends up stealing the nuclear warhead. So Dr. Evil is a pretty good he's a pretty good villain. He ends up stealing a warhead and he calls at you and he asks them for a hundred billion dollars, but they say nope. They will not negotiate with terrorists. Austin Powers and Vanessa are doing surveillance and he turns on the charm and Vanessa falls for it. They go out on a limo ride, listen to music, and they dance and drink the night away. I think this part is funny because I like in the middle of, well, I don't actually think any of it's funny because I'm a hater. But um he was like, why don't we ditch this mission? Because they were on like a mission. Why don't we ditch this mission and I'll take you on a night on the town. And then like he does it. He he actually does it. Yeah, like he ditches it. the entire mission. Like you could see him doing it, but she seems like a professional, right? Yeah. And I'm like, how did these nefarious, like did these people just continue to be nefarious for the whole night and like got no consequences? Like. Did they all pause the mission just because Austin Powers is taking his girl on a night on the town? Like, yeah. what is going on during this time? Well, they're getting paid to be surveillance people, and then they just like, nah, we're going to have a good time. After the night drinking and dancing, she makes her move. She's the one who makes a move on him, and he stops her because she's intoxicated. What a hero. Once she's asleep, this exposition. This is not fitting. Once she's asleep. No, it is. You can tell he- he knows what he's doing is wrong. No, why? What is he doing? Let me explain. Please, please. He knows that all his terrible things that he's saying is wrong because he only wants to do it when they can like comprehend it. So he wa- he just wants to have them like suffer a little bit when he does all <laughs> his thing because when she's he's drunk and he could actually do something terrible. He's like what's even the point? They don't get to see how terrible I am. Like I, he doesn't have fun anymore. No my goodness. No no no. I disagree with you so hard. He expects people to just fall in love with him cuz he was this like guy who all the girls all the ladies loved him in 1967 him being him the girls were like i love you i want to be with you doesn't work right then she gets intoxicated he doesn't want to get with her because she's intoxicated he wants to get with her because he wants her to like him no and she hasn't liked him so far which is kind of a shock to his system because he thinks he's cool and awesome and the people think he's a joke so 
No, he's not trying to torture anyone. He's not like, oh, I want you to know how terrible I am to be sober while we make out. Like, what? No, I think he just feels joy in like his conquest. And then like if it's too easy for him, like if he's drunk, then like what's even the point for him? Like it's not fun for him. No, I think he wants I think he wants to be with her. Right? But I think he wants her to want him. Like he's shocked that she doesn't. Like he doesn't get it. Because when he, he went to sleep, you know, he wake up. It's not like 30 years passing your brain. He woke up and people don't want him anymore. He's not cool anymore. His teeth are disgusting now. You know what I mean? Like, back then, nobody even cared about that kind of stuff. So, anyway, so he turns her down because she's drunk. But when she's asleep, exposition calls and tells him to go to Alada's house to get proof of Virtual Con's wrongdoing. He goes in, gets some pics, but she catches him. Then they go to the hot tub and hook up. Inappropriate! You know, there, I can see where you would be upset about that because you really wanted to be with with Vanessa, but he chose um, Alada. I don't like him. How dare he? He just doesn't understand how people have feelings. I, and that he's, that he needs to like be good to people and not just like go with I, everyone. You know, I'm going to agree. I, I don't know. We're going to battle to the death on this one. He just wants people to like him, and he and that used to work, and now it doesn't work anymore. His charm isn't charming. We see a scene where Doctor Evil comes up with a new weapon to kill Austin: fembots. Then he and Scott go to father-son therapy because Scott hates him for being gone so long. <laughs> Your favorite character, Scott. Scott's funny. It kind of gave me like Lloyd and oh my gosh, I don't remember his name. The Ninjago movie where <laughs> yeah. Lloyd goes Doctor like Evil, right? Evil. What's in Ninjago? Yeah, Lord Evil. You mean? No, that's Lego movie. Oh, that's Lego movie. Ninjago is also Legos, but it's a different movie. It's like about ninjas. But there's like this scene where he goes to his dad who's like evil and like was never there. And then the kid goes, you ruined my life. And then the dad goes, how can I ruin your life? I wasn't even there for it. And that kind of reminded me of their dynamic. Where Scott is like, you, I hate you. You suck. And then he's like, what do you mean? I didn't, I didn't do anything. <laughs> yeah. Later, Vanessa finds out that Austin and Alada hooked up. And she gets angry. He doesn't understand why. Then he goes into town and realizes that people think he's a joke. He's also said that he's missed so many things for the last 30 years that he was frozen. That is kind of messed up. Why would you freeze him? Like, he was like top dog spy. Yeah. Like, you're like, let's get rid of them. We won't need any spies for the next 30 years or 40 <laughs> years or 50 years. Back to work. Austin and Vanessa go undercover at VirtuaCon Worldwide Headquarters. They're spotted and eventually caught and taken prisoner. They're brought to Dr. Evil and he tells them his master plan. They're making a drill to get to the center of the earth. And there they will drop the warhead inside, causing all the world's volcanoes to erupt. Uh, sounds very familiar to the Star Trek movie that we saw last week. They, they dropped the red matter into the core. So kind of similar. <laughs> Austin and Vanessa are then taken to a room to be killed. Scott is angry and asks, why not kill them right there? I have a gun. I'll go get the gun. We'll just shoot him in the face. And he's like, Dr. Evil's like, you don't get it. You don't understand. We can't do that. That's not how it works. <laughs> they must escape. <laughs> yeah, and that kind of goes with all the old James Bond movies. Like, why wouldn't you just kill him right there? Why would you put him in like a contraption that he eventually escapes from? So... 
think that's a, the joke, you know, the parody from the Bond movies. It was kind of like a kid's show how, like, sometimes they break the fourth wall. Like, sometimes they do that in Teen Titans Go, like the, like, really kiddie one, uh-huh. where, where they would, like, there would be, like, a big boss, and they're like, what if we just go back in time a little bit? And then, like, they do, like, a bunch of random stuff. That kind of reminded me, where, like, they kind of break the fourth wall and be like, but what if I don't look at them while they die? And that kind of reminded me of kids' show, where it's like they break the fourth wall, but then the kids don't really understand how stupid it is, but they just like break the fourth wall for like the adult watching almost. Right, right. But it's like the adult watching is whoever's watching this movie because this movie is so wildly inappropriate. I'm going to agree with you. It's a PG-13 movie, but it had so much sexual innuendo throughout the whole movie. So much, so much, so much, so much. That... Not only was I bored watching it with you, I felt a little bit uncomfortable at some scenes. Especially those scenes where they're naked. Yeah. But they like they hide their body naked bodies with like fruits and like teapots and things like that. Yeah. Cause you you know what's behind there. You know, yeah. it's kinda inappropriate. So. It was like uncomfortable. And they did multiple scenes like that. So yeah. It was like you're reusing the joke. Like they kept reusing and reusing and reusing a bunch of stuff. Yeah, it's a little too much. It was a lot. Yeah. It was a lot. Even Alada, her last name, putting them together, obviously is very vulgar. And I thought, of like, wow, it is PG-13, but, like, at the same time, I don't know. It's a lot. I think a little too much. Like, was- the whole premise feels kind of, like, young, and then, like, it's all so inappropriate. That right. it feels like it's inappropriate, like a rated R movie, but then it's, like, no one this age would, like, watch. I don't know. Well, I guess they would, but. Yeah. Like, well, yeah, I was thinking like college kids love this movie. Like I watched it in college. I, I liked it in the movie theater. People loved it. But then I just remember liking it more later. I watched it again and I thought it was funny. Yeah, it was a lot of just ridiculously silly. Like the whole like when he's talking, he goes, sh- and he shushes him. Yeah. That's a whole like popular culture thing. People know about it. So childish. So silly. And then you have something that just is so wildly sexually inappropriate. So Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of a weird movie how it goes together. Anyways, uh, they get taken to the huge vat of water filled with mutated sea bass. And of course they make their escape. Vanessa leaves to get help and Austin goes after Dr. Evil. Unfortunately, he's enticed by the fembots and get trapped. Thankfully, he comes up with an idea to do a sexy dance and makes all the fembots short circuit and explode. Vanessa comes back with a group of soldiers and they're off to stop Dr. Evil. There's a perfect scene. So those fembots were very scantily clad. They had guns coming out of their chest. Yeah. You know, where, you know, you know where. And then he does this ridiculously goofy dance. Yeah. Super, super silly, but also super, super sexual at the same time. That's pretty much this movie in a, in a nutshell. Why am I in a nutshell? You know that scene. Why, why <laughs> does it feel like it was made by a clan of seventh grade boys? Maybe. Overly hormonal seventh grade boys. Whatever. Like extremely. That's what I'm going with now. Extremely sexual, but then also like goofy, like a child. Yeah, ridiculous. Yeah. No, I agree. I'm going to go. I'm going to agree with you. And I think that's why I didn't necessarily. I didn't like the inappropriate stuff. Thought it was kind of too much. And then it was boring. I thought that stuff was a little too kiddy, too silly, and too simple of a story. All right, the firefight is on, and Austin go, finally goes through Dr. Evil's henchman 
and presses the abort switch to stop the drill and explosives. Then Austin and Vanessa go after Dr. Evil, and there's a standoff. Alana holds Vanessa at gunpoint, and Austin does the same with Scott. But Dr. Evil doesn't care, and he makes his escape in his cryogenic egg again. So, I'm assuming that they're going to freeze Austin Powers again, and then this is going to go for the next two movies. You know, that would be good. I mean, I bet you they're going to be like Austin Powers 4, and then it'll be like 19, 2023 or something like that, where they refreeze him. I don't remember what happened in the second and the I third I think one. that would be a good movie, though, because then everyone can just, like, cancel him. Well, they kind of canceled him in 97. Yeah, I guess so. That's what Vanessa was doing. Like, oh, you're, that's inappropriate. You can't do that. You can't do that. So, uh, three months later, Austin and Vanessa are married. <laughs> Vanessa is a full agent, and Austin will be knighted. They are attacked by one of Dr. Evil's assassins, but together they stop him. Then they look out into the sky and see a star. It's Dr. Evil, and he looks down and threatens them one more time. The end. All right, there you go. Natalie, could this movie still be made today? No. Tell me why. Why do you think it can't be made today? I just think because of not only him, because his character is meant to be that way. Right. You know, but just like... In general, like the fembots and Dr. Evil and like the format of it, how we already talked how it's like seventh grade boy material. Uh-huh. Although I think seventh grade boys are probably funnier than this. <laughs> okay. But yeah, I think the whole thing is just like kind of inappropriate. And then like it doesn't fit where he's like, I can't kiss you, you're junk as hell. But then like. He's also kind of a terrible person. And he's also Wait. a little bit racist. Hold on. Why is he a terrible person? And then you can tell me why he's a racist. Well, I guess he's just a very, like, sexist. Not really sexist, but just, like, sexualizes everyone. Yeah. person. Yeah. Okay. I can and, see like, that. He's, like, the type of person who will catcall multiple people in, like, ten minutes. Right. <laughs> okay. Which is, like, red flaggy. All right. How about why is he racist? I don't remember any scenes in there. Um, they, him and Vanessa go into somewhere disguised, and he's wearing like a turban and then like a really big beard. Do <laughs> you know? Uh, so there's another movie. Mike Myers did a movie called The Love Guru, where he was dressed up that character the whole movie. I know. I can see where that's racist, but they even made a movie later on about that character or a character that looks like him, where he has the turban and he has the long beard and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, Mike Myers was pretty famous for a while. He did a lot of movies, so. But yeah, I thought he was kind of racist and then, like, sexualizes everyone and, like, everything. Yeah. Yeah, he was just a bad person. (laughs) And, like, I feel like everyone in this movie was kind of, like, crazy. Except Scott. You like Scott. Yeah. It was almost like he was the fourth wall that was being broken like he was the only like one with an yeah. actual mind like isn't this, this ridiculous aren't you guys all crazy and ridiculous like, you know. yeah he comes back from being frozen and the first thing he says to vanessa was like wow you have a great body i bet you can shag like a minx like is that really <laughs> what you say when yeah. you first come out of a pod <laughs> yeah the first time he sees like a foxy lady as he would and he calls her that a foxy lady I don't know. Yeah. The first time he sees a lady, he, uh, yeah, he sexualizes. Yes, definitely. He sexualizes all the women that he sees, for sure. Yeah, I just don't think that a character could be made that way. Especially someone who's meant to be a hero. Yeah. 
I mean, I guess if we see more of his movies and he ends up changing. No, I, I can see it. I can see it. I think more of the, you know, it being such childish humor and too much sexual innuendo for a PG-13 movie. Maybe I can see those things not being made. But I can see a character coming from the past that just has no manners at all or is just very, like, bad like that. Like, if you got a guy from, like... everyone's a little bit. Like, Alada is kind of crazy, too. Yeah. Just everyone is a little bit, like, off. Even the present-day people. Yeah. Um. Anything else about being made today? Mm, no, not really. Does it pass a Bechdel test? Uh, no. All right. Does not pass the Bechdel test. Bechdel test is a test to check for female representation in movies. There are three criteria. Are there more than one named female characters? Yep. Yeah, there is Vanessa. Vanessa's mom. I don't remember her name, though. Mrs. Kensington. Mrs. Kensington. And then Alada. Alada, sure. Criteria number two, do they talk to each other? Yep. Vanessa talks to her mom on the phone. Right. They, they talk to each other on the phone. Do Vanessa and Alada talk? I don't think so. Or There's a scene where they're all together, but I don't know if they talk they to each other. They don't talk, I don't think. Yeah, because she was going to follow her and he was going to follow him, but they don't show the part where she's following her, right? Yeah. Okay. Third one. Do they talk to each other about anything other than a man? No. So it does not pass the Bechdel test. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it does. And then if it did, it would be some silly technicality versus it actually deserving to pass. Yeah. My bonus thing that I like had an epiphany about in the middle of the Bechdel test uh-huh. was about how there was kind of this weird thing where Austin Powers was in love with Miss Kensington. And then, like, yes. he, he was talking to it about Vanessa, and then he's, like, he she was married, and, like, he was, like, really, really sad about it. And then, like, he falls in love with his daughter and, like, gets over it, like, the next scene. But well, it, it almost felt like it was supposed to be something, like, there. That was, like, the love of his life. Yeah. Right, Mrs. Kensington, but she was married, and they weren't going to do anything. And then, yeah, he had, like, a sad moment. Then he falls in love and marries her daughter. Yeah, but I thought that was kind of like a plot hole. Not really, but it was just like, that was kind of added in. And then it was like, why was that added in? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it, did, it was so like, I loved her. Too bad she had to be married. She was the love of my life. You know. Anyways, you can't kiss me now. Hee <laughs> you're drunk. I guess you're trying to make him seem like not just a sexist pig, that he does love people. Like he does love someone. Like he's capable of love. I don't know. Or maybe. Anything else about the Bechdel test or anything about this lowest rated movie in Poppy approved movie history? Um, no. All right. Thank you for tuning in to Poppy Approved Movies. If you like this episode, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app or like our podcast on YouTube. We put out an episode every Monday. If you want to see extra podcast content, follow our TikTok at Poppy Approved Movies. If you want to suggest a movie for us to watch and critique, email us at poppyapprovedmovies at gmail.com. That's poppyapprovedmovies at gmail.com. No spaces, no caps. We'll try our best to get to your suggestion. And remember, it has to be PG-13. Next week, Sophia will be back and we'll be watching Out of Sight. And I'll be back in two weeks to watch Yesterday. I'm Poppy. And I'm Natalie. See you next time. Bye.